Hello and welcome to The Whistler from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Whistler's Strange Story. Silver Service. The gray hardtop convertible drew up to the curb of the winding drive and stopped. The driver peered through the trees, dotting the broad lawn at the spacious house behind him. Then he stepped quickly from the car and walked toward the house. Inside the house, Ella Kincaid was reclining on the deep cushioned divan, enjoying a box of chocolates in a movie magazine. Yes, Ella, you love the ease and security your marriage to Ralph Kincaid brought you, don't you? You start to call for Amy to answer the door when you remember it's the maid's day off. Impatiently, you bury the movie magazine under the cushion and hurry to the door. All right, all right, I'm coming. Good afternoon, Mrs. Kincaid. Morning. Maury Laszlo. I told you never to come. Yes, you did, didn't you? But now that I am here, you're inviting me in. No. Maury, please. You're not very hospitable, are you? Look, I'll meet you. I'll meet you anywhere you say. But please leave here if my husband should come home and... And find his wife entertaining a gambler? A respectable man like your husband wouldn't like that, would he? You know he wouldn't. Especially if he finds out his wife's been gambling and neglected to pay up. His clientele wouldn't like that either. So maybe I just ought to warn him. No. Oh, Maury, he mustn't find out. And the sooner you pay up, the better for everybody. Only $2,000, Mrs. T.J. All I need is a little more time. $2,000 is a lot of money for a housewife. But the wife of one of the most successful diamond brokers in town don't make me laugh. But I never have that much in my personal account. And besides... You don't dare ask your husband for any more dough. He'd ask too many questions, wouldn't he? I'll get the money for you somewhere. I'll think of something. Now you're using your head. Matter of fact, I'll try to help you. Please, Maury, it's getting late. Now take that cuckoo clock, please. They tell me antiques like this bring a lot of dough. Not nearly enough. Besides, it's my husband. He runs his life by it. Doesn't anything around here belong just to you? How about that silver coffee service? That's my own. My aunt left it to me. Said it was easily worth three thousand. Then we're not done. I will. I'll get my husband to dispose of it through one of his dealer friends. Only. Only what, Mrs. Nothing. I'll sell it. I'll speak to Ralph about it this evening. Now please leave, won't you? My husband's due home any minute. Okay, Mrs. Kincaid. Well, go. You know, give you weeks to raise that money, too. Might take a few days to get your money out of that silver. But I want that 2000 in a week. And this time, I'm going to get it. <laughs> You're always full of surprises, aren't you, Ella? 
with a roast duck, Ralph? Oh, I hoped you'd like it. Oh, it's fine. But for the life of me, I can't understand why you want to sell that silver coffee service. Well, you don't mind, do you, darling? Oh, of course not, Ellis. Your personal property. Then I wish you'd sell it for me. You could get a better price for it tonight. Yes, I suppose I could. But, Ellis, there's some pressing reason why you need some extra money right now. Oh, no. Well, a woman does like to have a little nest egg she can call her own. Oh, I'll get it. Hello? Oh, hello, Miss Fair. Mr. Kincaid is having dinner right now and doesn't wish to be disturbed. No, wait, Ella. I'll talk. Well, it seems to me... Hello, Miss Fair. Well, don't tell me you're still at the office. Oh, no, no bother at all. Oh, I see. He, he called the office after I left. <laughs> well, those things happen. I'll bring Mrs. Kincaid's bank stubs down in the morning. Thanks for calling. Now, you better run along home. All right, goodbye. Now, what have I done? I can't understand you, Ella. The bank called the office and said you're overdrawn again. Well, why couldn't they have called me? Why did they have to discuss my private affairs with your office help? They simply know that Miss Fair is my confidential secretary and generally handles such matters. Now, if you'll just get last month's check stubs, I'll have Miss Fair go over them. Oh, she'd love that, wouldn't she? I can just see her laughing at my arithmetic. Ella, let's not go all over that again. Miss Fair is simply a very capable businesswoman. And I'm just a big dope. You might as well say it, that's what you think. I don't think anything of the kind, Ella. I'll admit that I can't understand where your money goes, but as long as I've got it... I still don't want your very clever secretary handling my private affairs. All right, Ella. All right. If you insist on making a ridiculous personal issue of this, I'll take care of it myself. But I do wish you'd get it through your head, dear, that Miss Fair is simply an extremely capable and efficient secretary. Nothing more. Ella, what makes you act like this? Oh, I don't know, Ralph. I'm sorry, really. But it's just that sometimes you make me feel so helpless. Isn't that the way wives are supposed to be? I guess so. If that's the way you want me, darling. This is the way I want you. Mm-hmm. You're awfully sweet, though. And honestly, I'll try to be more careful about money after this. But I would like to sell that coffee set. Do you think you can sell it for me? Oh, sure. I may have to make a business trip to Chicago tomorrow night, but I'll take care of it as soon as I get back. No, tomorrow. Before you go, please. All right. Whatever you say. I'll see what I can do first thing in the morning. Well, Ella, your sudden burst of temper was almost a mistake, wasn't it? But the very mention of your husband's secretary drives you to fury, doesn't it? You are sure the efficient and beautiful Miss Fair is trying to worm her way into your husband's life. And you don't want that to happen, do you, Ella? No. Things have gone far too well for you since you married Ralph. Until you started gambling. You know Maury Laszlo wasn't bluffing in his demand for quick payment. Then you'll go to your husband if you don't pay up. And you're certain that Ralph, with his strict code of honor would never forgive you or believe in you again. So the next morning, you make sure Ralph takes the silver service with him. Later, you decide to drop in at his third-floor office in the arcade building, just to make sure that he attends to the sale. Well, come in, Ella. I wasn't expecting you. I just thought you might like to invite me to lunch. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I can't leave the office till Miss Fair gets back. Oh. 
I'm expecting important long-distance calls from Chicago. One of us will have to be here to take it. Well, it's a shame such an efficient secretary wouldn't be here when you need her. Well, she's standing in for me at a jewelry exhibit. I had to clear some things up here. But uh, if you'd rather not wait... No, I'll wait. I know how busy you are. I guess I shouldn't have imposed on you about selling the coffee, sir. Oh, that was no problem at all. What? Miss Fair took your coffee service to one of our leading dealers first thing this morning. She got the money? Mm-hmm. Here's your check for $500. Five hundred? Ralph, it's highway robbery. Why, sorry. Why do you have to let Miss Fair handle things like that for you? My aunt told me that set was worth at least $3,000. Well, then she was mistaken. I talked to the dealer personally on the phone, and we discussed the price for several minutes. Well, do you want to take the check? I... Yes, I'll take it. Look, Ella, I've got an idea. You, you you seem awfully tired. Why don't you take the train with me tonight? I'll only be gone a couple of days. Ella, are you listening to me? Of course, Ralph. I was going to suggest you ride as far as Stonefoot with me, drop off and visit your sister for a few days. I think it'll do you a lot of good. Now, how about it, huh? I don't think so, Ralph. I'm not in the mood right now. Well, just an idea. Oh, oh, Miss Fair. Well, hello there, Mrs. Kincaid. Hello. How was the jewelry exhibit, Miss Fair? Wonderful. There were some beautiful pieces on display. One that should interest you. Oh, but perhaps I'm detaining you two. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, remember, Mr. Kincaid, when Mrs. Rudolph Winston said she was looking for a diamond and ruby necklace to match some heirloom earrings? Of course. She's mentioned it several times. Well, I saw a necklace that would match those earrings to perfection. It's for sale? Yes. Priced at $6,000. <laughs> That shouldn't stand in Mrs. Winston's way if it's what she really wants. It'd mean a nice commission if we can swing it, Mr. Kincaid. Oh, very nice, Miss Fair. I'll tell you what. You get in touch with Mrs. Winston as soon as possible, set up a date for her to come here to the office, and we'll have the necklace brought over for her to see. Oh, going so soon, Mrs. Kincaid? Yes. I'm afraid I'm too hungry to wait any longer. You won't be late for dinner, will you, Ralph? Why, no, I, I don't think so, Ella. now, huh? You know Maury Laszlo will stop at nothing to get his money. And the 500 you got for the silver service is of little or no help. You must find a way to get the rest of the money. Then, as you're driving home, an idea hits you. If you could just get your hands on that diamond and ruby nickel, your problems would be solved. You're certain Maury Laszlo, with his shady connections, could easily dispose of it for you. And you're equally certain he'd be glad to do it to collect his debt and the commission. Then you think of a perfect solution to all of your problems. You'll steal the necklace in such a way that your husband's secretary, Miss Fair, will be blamed for the theft, and she'll be out of your life forever. You become so intrigued with the idea, you fail to notice that the signal light has changed until... Hey, lady! It's not going to get any greener! You're in the driver's seat! Make a move, will you? Yes, I am in the driver's seat. And I'm going to make a move. A smart move. But a feeding I should have well, taken you've made up your mind to steal a necklace and pay off all your gambling debts, haven't you? And you think you know just how to do it. That evening, as you help Ralph pack for his hurry-up trip to Chicago... You manage to be quite casual as you inquire about delivery of the necklace to his office and learn that he's expecting a call from Miss Fair about it any moment. 
When the phone finally rings, Ralph is downstairs. And you make it a point to listen in on the upstairs extension. Hello? It's there, Mr. Kincaid. I finally got in touch with Mrs. Winston about the necklace. Oh, good. She wants to see it? Yes, but there's one problem. She says the only time she can come to your office during the next few days is Friday night at 9.30. Friday night? Hmm. Well, I hadn't planned to come back from Chicago till Saturday, but uh, well, that's all right. Uh, here's what you better do, Miss Fair. Yes? You call Mr. Dudley at the Metropolitan Jewelry Company. Tell him to have the necklace delivered at our office just before 5.30 Friday evening. And just put the necklace in the office safe. I'll fly back to Chicago and get to the office around 9. Then I'll set the date definitely with Mrs. Winston. That's right. I'll come directly to the office from the plane and be there when Mrs. Winston arrives. You're sure you can make connections, Mr. Kincaid? Oh, yes, yes. I'll be there in plenty of time. Oh, and, uh, Miss Fair, uh, better keep the details to yourself. <laughs> That's all you wanted to know to set your plan in motion, isn't it, Ella? You carefully place the phone back in the hook. Then while Ralph showers and changes his clothes, you go into the bedroom where Ralph's effects lie neatly on the dresser. You thumb through his pocket notebook, quickly copy the combination to his office safe. Entering his office and opening his safe will be simple now, won't it, Ella? You've had a key ever since you were first married. Suddenly you have another idea, one you're sure will put you completely above suspicion. Well, my dear, I wish you were coming along, at least as far as Stonefish. Do you really, Ralph? Why, yes, I told you I would. Well, you know, I believe I will go with you as far as Stonefish. I would kind of like to see Vivian. <laughs> Leave it to a woman to change her mind. Maybe you haven't got much time. Oh, I'll just throw a few things in a bag. It won't take five minutes. And I'll tell the maid to take the rest of the week off. Oh, don't you think you'd better wire Vivian you're coming? Oh, no, I, I'm sure she's at home. It'll be much more fun to surprise Oh, you needn't bother, darling. Oh, plenty of time. Watch this. Thanks. Now, why don't you... You better phone Vivian right away, dear. Oh, I'll I'll just take a taxi. Oh, it's so late at night. I I hate to leave you. (laughs) Don't be silly, Ralph. There are only three or four cabs in town. I've been up here so often, the drivers know me. (laughs) And if Vivian should be out, I have a key to the house. Well, okay, honey. Um, Ella... Yes, Ralph? You know, I've been thinking a lot about the way things have been going lately between you and me and... And, and, and maybe it's my fault. I, I've been so wrapped up in my work. Oh, no, darling, you've been all right. It's been me. No, no, it hasn't. Well, anyway, when I get back, I, I promise you things will be better. Yes, well, Everything will be better. I'm sure. I'm glad you feel that way, Oh, you better get back on, Ralph. You make me nervous standing here. <laughs> okay. I'll be back home Friday night. You stay here as long as you like and have a good visit. Mm. Bye, darling. Bye, dear. Take care of yourself. Catch a taxi, making sure that the driver recognizes you as you direct him to your sister's house. But you already know that Vivian isn't there, don't you, Ella? Yes. That's the one reason you suddenly decided on the ride to Stoneford. The short trip to Stoneford provides the missing link in your plans, doesn't it, Ella? You go in the house. Turn on the lights. Next day, Thursday, you'll make it a point to be seen by several neighbors and storekeepers. Late that night, when the lights are out in the nearby homes, you slip out of the house. Walk nearly a mile to the bus station and catch the last bus back to the city. It's still dark when you arrive. 
and you have the taxi drop you off on a side street near your house. You take the back alleyway, grope your way through the darkness, fearful that one move might give you away. Finally, you open the back door to your house. Without turning the lights on, go to bed, certain that no one knows you've returned home. Next day, Friday, you remain indoors with curtains drawn all day. Then, just before five o'clock, it's time for your next move. You step to the phone. You place your handkerchief over your mouth. Good evening. Mr. Bottle, the jewelry company. Mr. Dudley, please. This is Dudley speaking. Oh, hello, Mr. Dudley. This is Miss Fair. I'm calling about... Pardon, uh, could you speak louder? I can't quite hear. You must have a bad connection. This is Miss Fair from Mr. Kincaid's office. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear. I just wanted to check about the delivery of the necklace for to show a customer tonight. You're sending it over. It's on the way, Miss Fair. Bonded messenger will deliver just before 5.30. Thank you, Mr. Dutton. I just wanted to make sure. Not at all. Goodbye, Miss Fair. Goodbye. Metropolitan Airport information. Hello. I'd like to know the time of arrival for the next plane from Chicago, please. You're sure? Of course, madam. Is there anything else? No, no, that's all. Thank you very much. Well, Ella, now you're sure the way is clear, aren't you? Ralph's plane will arrive at 8.50, which means it will be a few minutes past nine before he can reach his office. A little after eight o'clock as it begins to grow dark. You face what you're certain is your only real hazard. The possibility of being seen by someone of your neighbors. But it's a chance you have to take, isn't it, Ellen? You leave the house for the back way, walk down the alleyway to the corner, hail a taxi, and direct the driver to stop a block away from your husband's office building. As you reach the building, you sigh in relief when you find the lobby deserted. You take the stairs to the third floor, hurry to Ralph's office. Inside, you move to the safe. Take the combination from your purse. In a matter of moments, the safe swings open. There. The jewel case is there, isn't it, Ella? You take it to the window. Open. You smile as the faint city lights fall on the jewel necklace. Just as you're about to lay it back in the case. Oh. Why? Who's there? Kincaid, what are you doing here? I might ask you the same question, Miss Fair. I just came back to the office, that's all. Mr. Kincaid told me you were visiting your sister. Ralph tells you everything, doesn't he? But I didn't mean it that way. It's just that finding you here like this... Oh, I understand. You're surprised. And I don't blame you. You see, Ralph asked me to come back and pick up some papers he'd forgotten. I'm afraid you're not telling the truth, Mr. Kincaid. He would have called me. That necklace, Mrs. Kincaid. What about it? Well, what about it? Well, I... I frankly don't know. I... I hate to think you took it from the safe. That means you knew the combination. Miss Fair, after all, I am your employer's wife. I see no reason why he shouldn't trust me as much as he does you. Perhaps that's true, but... 
The necklace. What are you doing with it? If you must know, I merely saw it in the safe and wanted to look at it. Now, if you'll kindly leave. But it's quite valuable. I must make sure it's returned to the safe. <laughs> Mrs. Kincaid, I, I feel something isn't right about this. Are you trying to accuse me of something? Why, no, of course not. Look, just give it to me and we'll put it back and forget all about it. Oh, no, you don't. Mrs. Kincaid, I swear nothing will be said to anyone if you'll just let me have it. I'm beginning to understand. You came back to steal this necklace yourself. Yes. And it almost worked, didn't it? That's not true. You know it isn't true. I'm not so sure. I've been watching you for a long time, Miss Bear. Working your way into my husband's confidence, waiting for a chance like this. You don't know what you're saying. I think I do. Of course, Ralph would never dream that you would do such a thing. Wait till I tell him the truth. Look, Mrs. Kincaid, I don't care what you tell him. If you'll just let me put the necklace back in the safe and leave here. Give it to me now. Keep your hands off me. Please don't do anything you'll be sorry for. You ask for this, Miss Fair. Wait, Mrs. Kincaid. What are you going to do with that book then? I'm taking this necklace and getting out of here, and nobody's going to stop me. You can't. I'll call the police. You won't call anybody. And your coming here tonight makes everything easy. You don't know what you're saying. Oh, yes, I do, Miss Fair. When they find you here, this will be a simple case of robbery murder. Oh, no, Mrs. Kincaid, you wouldn't. No one will ever dream of connecting me with them. You won't be able to say anything to the police... Or anybody else? Well, Ella, you look down at Miss Fair and realize what you've done. You decide there's one more thing you must do. When Ralph comes to the office, he must find a complete case of robbery and murder. You'll go back to your sister's home in Stoneford, and you're sure no one will ever suspect you even left there. You have no qualms as you again raise the heavy bookend for the final blow. I'm calling Alex Ah! Stop that, lady. Here we are. Officer, that's Miss Fair on the floor. We didn't get here a second too soon. She, she's alive, isn't she? Yes, she's alive, Mr. Dudley. And I don't think she's hurt too badly. Looks like just a bad bump to me. Thank goodness. Well, I'll take the necklace now. Give it to him, lady. And you better tell us who you are. I'm Mrs. Ralph Kincaid, wife of the owner of this company. That's who I am. Mrs. Kincaid, of course. I caught this woman going through my husband's face. She was stealing this necklace and tried to kill me. Oh, I'm sorry, but it's no good, Mrs. Kincaid. I recognize your voice now from that phone call you made to my jewelry store a few hours ago. I... I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, about. when you phoned about the necklace and said you were Miss Fair. Something puzzled me about that phone call, so I phoned Miss Fair, and she said she hadn't made the call. Too bad you didn't notify the police right away, Mr. Dudley. Assault with intent to murder is a serious crime. I intended to, officer. We figured there'd been a leak somewhere, and someone was planning to waylay our messenger before he made the delivery. But when the messenger advised us the delivery went through okay, we decided to forget about it. I guess Miss Fair couldn't forget it. That's why she came back here. She came back to steal the necklace. Now, no, she didn't, Mrs. Kincaid. You see, it wasn't your voice that started me wondering about that phone call you made. It was something else. Something else? Yes. You said you were calling from this office. Now, everybody knows you wouldn't find a cuckoo clock in a business office. And I heard a cuckoo clock strike five. There's no sign of one here. You should have been a detective, Mr. Dudley. 
I'm sure we'll find a cuckoo clock in Mrs. Kincaid's house. story were Bill Foreman as the Whistler, Francis Robinson, Joseph Kearns, Charlotte Lawrence, Herb Butterfield, and Hal Gerard. The Whistler was directed by George W. Allen, with story by Margaret Poole, music by Wilbur Hatch, and was transmitted overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. The Whistler was entirely fictional, and all characters portrayed on the Whistler are also fictional. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.